Welcome back to another episode of season four of Everything is Public Health. I am MJ. And I'm Cass. Would you say you're an outdoorsy person? 100%. Yes. Uh, favorite place you've been? Oh, what? I, mean, I don't really think about it like that. I think about I guess experience. Just like generally, I like, so, you know, I was a nationally certified snowboard instructor Ooh. for a long time. And so I love, well, when I was younger, I loved snow <laughs> sports. Um, I started skiing when I was like two, maybe. Oh, so tiny. I love hiking, camping. I've never done as much backpacking as I would like. Backpacking is a, it's a next step. Only because nobody ever wanted to backpack with me. <laughs> not because, yeah. And I didn't feel safe necessarily going out backpacking yeah. on my own. I would not solo backpack. But yeah, I like running, you know, like being outside, like even when it's warm outside, if it's relatively comfortable, we'll sit out in the outside and I just like to be outside. Fair enough. I like outdoor activities. I'm assuming you do a lot of camping. Not as much recently. Recently. Children <laughs> make that a little bit harder. But yeah, I grew up. I mean, we have property out in eastern Washington, 20 acres. And at, like every weekend when I was a kid, we would drive out Ooh. and be on our property and, you know, traipse around and whatever. Yeah, a lot of camping, love camping, fishing. Mm, also outdoorsy. It's still, I have lived on the East Coast for- How many years? 14 years now. Wow. No. Yes, 14 years. It still like boggles my mind yeah. that the sun rises over the water and sets over the land. Yeah. Like, because growing up in Seattle, the water, yeah. the water rises over the land and sets over the water. Let's <laughs> try again. The sun, the sun rises over the land and sets over the water. Me too. So I am very good with directions. I'm a very good spatial person, but I still, in my mind, west means I'm going to the water. Yes. That's how I feel too. And so there are times where I'm driving somewhere and I'm like, wait, why is it telling me to go east but east is the water right east yeah i was like oh right 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 yeah um as a california person i feel exactly the same i think water is on my west yeah exactly um but i asked this because it relates to our topic of today uh tragically almost um of the many news of our impending climate apocalypse that was all over the airwaves this summer and really this summer the summers before this too uh, it's Every summer for the last five years. Every year for the last couple of years, it feels like. Is wildfires. One such wildfire was viscerally palpable in Baltimore, at least for some of us. Um, how did a Canadian wildfire smoke affect you, someone who is actively asthmatic? Yeah. So, right. So this this last... I think last month. Yeah. In June and July. Yeah. Maybe it was just June. It was rough. It was bad, I will dude. say. <laughs> because, you know, one of my favorite things to do is I take my dog for about a mile and a half walk every day like we that's our start to the day and um not being able to do that and and actually i think i was in a meeting with somebody and it was one of the days where the air quality was like above 350 or something it was like really really bad actually dangerous (laughs) leaking into the house yeah like and we have good windows really nice windows that we put in because the old windows were from the 60s which was not good but you could smell it coming through. I couldn't train, right? I was was training for races. I couldn't train because I couldn't be outside. But last summer, my parents who live in Seattle got obliterated by the yes. that summer's Canada wildfires. Yeah, it's, uh, it's real bad. I mean, Baltimore got it bad. Like New York was just straight up from Mad Max. Uh, Baltimore didn't have it quite that extreme, but it was still bad. Like the air quality was like, like you said, 350, which is insane to think about that. That's just the air that's just outside that we breathe if we walk outside. And yeah, wildfires has been on the news. And 
I think it goes without saying, are bad in more ways than one, right? The first thing we talk about is air quality. Like if you breathe it, if you're asthmatic, you could feel it immediately. Even if you don't, it's like a long-term exposure thing. Destruction of the environment, which is always sad. I always like when I drive past burned forests, it just makes me like sad. So sad and despair. Like Yosemite got that really big wildfire a few years ago and we visited Yosemite right after and it was yeah. just depressing to drive through like a burnt forest. Um, direct death, people get affected directly by fires if they live close enough. And if mother nature forbid, the fire spreads beyond the forest, right? In many ways, it's a natural disaster. Like you need to evacuate. You need to have to deal with the aftermath. Right. People are displaced. Your home might be destroyed entirely or damaged so badly that, you know, you can't go back into it right away. You've got infrastructure issues tied into that. Evacuation orders, do they come in time? Do they not come in time? What impact is there on accessing food and clean water? Are there temporary shelters that people can access? And as we're recording this right now, this is like really top of mind, right? There is an active... Well, I think at the time of recording this episode, I think the fire has died down a little bit, but definitely a, the day ago, like on Wednesday, there was a devastating wildfire that tore through Maui. Hello listeners, post-production MJ here. Since recording, we obviously have more information about the devastating Maui wildfires now. As of right now, news sources report at least 115 people confirmed dead from the wildfire, with at least 66 more people still missing. It was a horrifying fire, and the current scene is heartbreaking. The fire destroyed countless homes and lives and pretty much the entire historical town of Lahaina in Maui. There is a lot of hullabaloo about how it happened, and I won't get into that right now. If you can donate to relief efforts, please do so, not Red Cross. Donate directly to those in need. Every dollar helps. At this point, I would like to highlight a concept called disaster capitalism, which is essentially how after a disaster, developers, private equities, corporations, rich people swoop in to exploit the victims of a disaster by buying up cheap land and property to profit off of them later. For an example, this happened to New Orleans after Hurricane Katrina, which very quickly gentrified and displaced all of the local residents and the culture after the fact. As Maui recovers from the disaster, support local residents and advocate for them, we can only hope that Lahaina doesn't turn into another soulless tourist trap or luxury resort. Back to the episode. And have you been following or seeing pictures of this? Yeah, so I was actually in a day-long in-person meeting on Wednesday. We kept getting alerts about the fires and seeing everything. And, and when I looked this morning, yeah, it was more than 55 people were confirmed dead. And like this this like really historic town oh, yeah. in Maui has been just totally wiped out because it wasn't just fires. There were really bad winds that just yes. made it sweep through and people are trapped and it's terrible. If you've been to Maui, uh, you would know that the winds are definitely a thing. They blow down the mountain, which is very bad because that's where the people are. And the fire sort of just like swept through towards the coastal town. Current death toll, as you said, is over 50 confirmed deceased. There were parts of the island where people were cornered by the wildfire. So they had to jump into the ocean to escape, which is just unfathomable the scene that that happened and the fire unfortunately did burn into where the people are destroying hundreds of homes including parts of the historic town Lahaina I believe that's how you pronounce it yeah I think so it is truly like a harrowing scene if you've seen the pictures of like the destruction of the fires but unfortunately stories like wildfires are becoming more and more common and with that poor segue we've reached everyone's favorite segment Cass makes an educated guess are you ready <laughs> oh goodness okay yeah question one Approximately what proportion or percentage of wildfires are caused directly by humans? So this is not counting weather, it's not counting climate change, it's not counting like indirect causes. Like 
approximately what proportion of fires are caused directly by humans? So clarifying question. So you said sort of what it's not caused by, but so this would include like somebody not properly putting out a fire or somebody doing. Yeah. Oh, man, that's hard. Um, I'm a pessimist by nature, so I'm going to say 60 percent. Uh, very close. It is 85 to 90. I actually was going to say 100 percent to start, but I was like, "Ooh, <laughs> that's like maybe too pessimistic. Let me dial it back a notch. I mean, if you work in public health for long enough, you know that <laughs> you always make the pessimistic guess because oftentimes they're true. But yeah, like it's a myth that people think wildfires start naturally. But no, the vast majority of wildfires are because directly because of human causes. We're not talking about like poor forest management because that's an indirect cause. No, we're talking about the embers came from a human cause 85 to 90 percent of the time, which is sad. But also those are potential places for intervention. Absolutely. If they're 90 percent are caused by human causes, maybe we could rein those humans in so that they don't cause that many forest fires. All right, cool. Next one. Over the last 50 years, 60 years, sorry, from the 1960s, right? Yeah, 60 years. Over the last 60 years, what does the trend for the number of wildfires look like? Increasing substantially. Aha. Now, here is a gotcha question that I put in. Uh, Sorry to do this to you, but I think I want to highlight how stats can be used, can be manipulated to like trick people. A lot of anti-climate change people will say like, hey, the trend for the number of wildfires is decreasing which is true but if you think about wildfires and if it burns one acre that counts as one fire right if it's contained you can see where i'm going with so yeah no that's fair yes but i saw okay this is why i immediately said increasing because i recently saw a seminar on forestry forest service wildfires and they showed a trend and you're right it was there are fewer fires, but they last longer when they happen and destroy more everything when when they're happening. That's what I was thinking about increasing. Yeah. So the proper stat for this is not number of wildfires. The proper stat for this is acres burned. Yeah. Which makes more sense. If you think about a fire, I don't care how many fires there are. I care about total area burnt. Yeah. I could light a million fires that, burns that like a small you know, area. burn one tree. Not that I would. I would right. never <laughs> intentionally burn down trees unless it's in my solo stove fire pit. Oh, right, right. Okay. We talk about this in a few past episodes where be careful with stats. Like people can manipulate the graph however they want. That if you think about number of wildfires, the trend is decreasing because they're all burning more. They're all burning more wider, longer, more devastating wildfires. As we've talked about before on the show, there are three types of lies, lies, damn lies, and statistics. And uh, be careful. So wildfires are definitely getting worse. Now, the second part of this pseudo trivia segment. Oh, goodness. Part two. What are the major causes of wildfires? You get a point for each correct answer and you have 10 guesses total. And let's see how many points you can get. Um, Lightning. Uh, the most frequent natural cause is lightning. That is correct. Well, do I get to talk yeah, about... Yeah, you can talk about any, all the major causes. All right. Yeah. So embers from human fires. Unattended campfires. I'll give you that one. That is correct. Yeah. Um, Arson. Straight up arson. Is it actually a decent chunk of wildfire? Straight up arson. I feel like there's got to be something with like electrical bursts. Like if there's an issue, like a substation explodes or something causing a fire. There's got to be something like that. I'm going to give that to you under equipment malfunction. Yeah. I'm, yeah. It's an electrical substation exploding is definitely malfunction. Yeah, electrical substation. But actually, the more common one is not from electrical. The more common one is from foresting. So yeah. uh, when you chop trees, you have chainsaws. And as you know, when a piece of metal is rubbing against something at a very, very fast rate, causes heat from friction. And then sometimes if a piece of that metal breaks off, 
that could cause an ember. Like it's so small. Like yeah. So that was my next one was going to be sort of generally the like forestry occupation. I'm assuming that's what yeah, you're talking about. I'll put that under equipment issues as well. Ah, okay. When, when a piece of chainsaw breaks off on a dry day, if it's hot enough, that piece of chainsaw yeah. could just start smoldering. So how many do I have? Four or three? Four. Yeah, four points. Wait, lightning, campfires. No, three points. Arson. Arson. And yeah, and four then points. Equipment. Yeah. And there's six more. There's more than six, but oh jeez. <laughs> okay. Um. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> Are you giving up four out of 10 points? Yeah, no, my brain hurts. That's enough. <laughs> okay, fine. So there's different types of embers, human created embers. Campfire is one of the most common ones. Uh, another thing is cigarettes. Oh, yeah. Like people smoking in the forest. Well, that's, I had sort of lumped them all together, human embers. Yes, I would consider that a human ember as well. But there's different types that they've listed out because they all sort of come from different places, right? Campfire is one of them. Cigarette is another one. Have you seen people or done this yourself where you burn vegetations in your backyard or like on your property where you burn stuff? No. Don't do that, by the way. Very bad. And what these uh, fire people are saying is that one of a leading cause of fire is from people burning things in their backyard because embers with wind can go miles. Mm-hmm. And they have linked a lot of wildfires to people burning things like miles away. Yeah, no, we don't. We um, we have a yard waste pickup for that stuff. The only, the only fires that we burn are in our solo stove, which burns clean because it, it doesn't burn like 100% clean, cleaner than a regular fire pit. As clean as it could because be. Because it recycles the stuff and burns it again a second time. Prescribed burns, which are basically, because wildfire is part of nature, right? You need to periodically burn some of the debris and undergrowth. So prescribed burns, sometimes they get out of control because, again, with climate change, with the weather, everything's being so dry. And if you don't do it often enough, sometimes there's more debris undergrowth than you expected. So- right. But then sometimes those go out of control. Yeah. Exactly. So those are another thing. And here's nothing. Vehicles. How do you think vehicles cause forest fire? Oh, you know, a crash. Vehicle crash. Car car catches on fire. Think less dramatic. Way less dramatic. I, I don't know. Brakes. Brake pads. Oh, yeah. I was wondering if maybe like, oh, somebody's tire goes flat and they're driving on a rim and sparks are flying. Not even that. Just brake pads. If they're on a hot day, your brake pads gets really hot and some of the rubber will fall off and that might cause an ember. They have asbestos in them, too. Oh, is that where they... Okay, that makes more sense. Um... Hot exhaust pipe and sometimes gasoline leaks from oil sometimes. But, you know, vehicles are another big part of wildfire causes and other natural causes like volcanoes. Uh, sometimes you just have, you know, naturally occurring coal seams where it's just a natural deposit of coal. Right. And that when it gets hot enough, catches on fire. Sure. But a big proportion of these, as we talked about before, these other causes that you're listing out are exceedingly rare in comparison to the stuff that humans do that very directly causes these fires. It's good to emphasize that humans cause most of it from campfires, cigarettes, uh, their vehicles, burning things, straight up arson. And recently, gender reveal parties. That has caused, I think, six wildfires in California, gender reveal parties. We will save our commentary on why, how we feel about gender reveal parties. But uh, yeah, like don't set out fireworks in the forest, dude. People can't (laughs) see me, but I literally have like put my head down on my microphone because fireworks in the forest bad idea dude i don't know why people think that was a good idea but when you set off fireworks in the forest causes forest fire anyway we have talked around this a little bit and, and we've talked about it previously but just to put a fine point on it climate crisis is also playing a significant role in why wildfires are getting bigger and more dangerous right so we talked about most of the causes are humans directly caused by humans not necessarily going to impact the likelihood that a wildfire might 
potentially be started, but rather the climate crisis is making things a lot worse when they do happen. So it's less about incidents and more about severity and and all those things. And then because we have been experiencing a horrendous heat wave that is finally starting to settle down in some places, dry as a bone, changing wind patterns, rain. We the other day in like 30 minutes had like three inches of rain in our yard. It was the craziest downpour. Dry seasons are longer and more intense. Uh, More storms means that we've got more lightning strikes. And as we talked about before, my first guest, we've got fires that are being caused by lightning. Natural causes, number one is lightning. But again, that natural causes is 10% of all causes of wildfire. I think I need to just need to hammer that point home. Like most wildfires are caused by humans, which means we can prevent it. Only you can prevent forest fires. That's what Smokey the Bear said. Yeah. Apparently it's Smokey Bear. It's not Smokey the Bear, which I refuse to accept, but it's anyway. What, but are, you, yes. what, are, what are you smoking? What do you mean Smokey Bear? It's Smokey Bear, not Smokey the Bear. Where? What? I can't accept it either, but apparently that's true. It's Smokey Bear. What? I know. No. Crazy, right? It's Smokey Bear. It's not Smokey the Bear. No, it's Smokey <laughs> the Bear. No, it's Smokey Bear. It's... His official title is Smokey Bear. Are you just finding this out? <laughs> I, I uh, Yes. I don't believe you. <gasps> anyway, as our friend Smokey Bear has said, not Smokey the Bear, as our friend Smokey Bear has said, only you can prevent wildfires. And there are ways. <laughs> just Cass is melting down I'm in front so of Cass. <laughs> It was a lie. <laughs> My whole life feels like a lie. This is the Mandela effect for you, but um, but yeah, it's Smokey Bear. I'm so, I'm so upset. I don't know why this is bothering me so much, but I like, I feel like my childhood was a lie. Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh my goodness, sorry to break this should this not too. be, this should not be bothering me as much as. It yeah, is. I don't know if this will make you feel better, but it bothered me a lot too when I first learned that it wasn't Smokey the Bear; it's Smokey Bear. I feel like I just like have had a lot of feels. Lately, like my cup was like almost runneth over, and now <laughs> learning that Smokey Bear, bear. <laughs> is actually Smokey Bear. Like it's, I'm like trying to not cry. Like my life is not what I thought it was. Like this is so overwhelming. That's okay. I felt the same way too when I learned about it. Okay, let's focus on solutions. Maybe uh, that'll help distract us. Um, so there are solutions to forest fires. If it is caused by humans. I think the easiest way is to be, I don't want to say more punitive, but, you know, just crack down on people who set fireworks in the forest. You know, come on. Sure. I mean, there's certainly a a layer of accountability, right? If we don't hold people accountable, then they might not behave responsibly. But also, I think there are ways like it doesn't always have to be a stick, right? How can we incentivize appropriate behaviors? How can we thinking back to the core of injury prevention? Can we make the safest thing the easiest thing? Are there things that we can do in our parks or around to remind people or to minimize some of these harms? And not again, that we want to take away the individual responsibility, like take care of your fires, don't don't start them, whatever. But also, we know from human behavior and behavior change that you have to make things easy or people won't do them. And they don't always do them when they're easy either. Yeah, exactly. Another thing is prescribed burnings. We need to do more of them more frequently and more controlled. Like the indigenous people knew about this. They 
routinely burn their forests undergrowth. But, uh, you know, when they got colonized, the thinking was just, oh, no, that's prevent all fires. That's like not have any of these fires. And obviously that boomeranged and backfired. But you need, I think prescribed burning is a part of the solution. Like we need to just keep that debris and undergrowth under control. And forests, like big old forests, have you been to like redwoods or uh, Yosemite or like those trees are meant to withstand small fires. Like it's actually built into part of their defense uh, when they forest fires occur on a regular basis. I mean, that's one of the reasons why their branches start up so high, right? Like yeah, they- exactly. Better funding for forest programs. Another thing that gets our fighting for survival is our national parks and forest programs, um, which is really sad. Better firefighting infrastructures. I'm not a firefighter, so I can't talk too much about it, but they definitely need more help as we've seen in recent news. Yeah. Well, I think it was last year, maybe there was this great video going around of South Africa sent a whole bunch of yes. firefighters up to Canada. Yeah. Just, you know, this is not just a Canada problem as we it's saw. A problem, right? It's a yeah. global problem. And it's this is a total side note. But did you hear that the U.S. is investing in air vacuums like giant air vacuums that they're going to try to suck. What are they sucking? Suck pollutants out of the air and put them underground. Okay. Now that is a very capitalistic solution to a very public problem, which I'm not a fan of. I mean, we've talked about this, like the first thing you should do when your bathtub is running over is turning off the tap instead of like a (laughs) hundred percent investing in an air vacuum. As we just (laughs) talked about, it's very hard to change human behavior. And to be fair, in the context of wildfires, forest fires, yes, there are things that I as an individual can do. And and I'm not saying that there aren't things that I as an individual can or can't do in terms of the climate crisis overall. But we know, we talked about this before, there's like 100 companies that are responsible for, what, 75% of of global emissions or something. So like, yes, we should turn off the tap, but we don't have access to the tap. So let's get an air vacuum to uh, suck it out and bury it underground. One way that we as individuals can access the tap is by voting. Ohio recently, congratulations, Ohio, you did the right thing. But, you know, voting is coming up. Oh, yeah. And their special election. Yes. Oh, great job. Ohio. The, yeah. Honestly, yeah. I was sitting on the edge of my seat because I could feel, I feel like it could have gone both ways. I wasn't, to be totally honest. You were optimistic. Yeah. Wasn't it Kentucky that just struck down or, you know, they had a ballot initiative in November that was like super yeah. sneakily written and made it sound like it was protecting women's rights when really it would have removed the right to abortion from the Constitution. And that that failed miserably. So I had a lot of faith that the Ohioans were going to do the right thing. And they did. But my point is voting is one of the ways that we can exercise our power over those taps that we perhaps can't reach ourselves, but could reach together if we vote the right way. Believe in climate change, spread awareness about it, try to lower your impact. Those are things that you can do. It doesn't require a few people doing things perfectly. It requires everyone doing a few things a A little little bit. bit. Yeah, local organizations. I'm sure there are forest programs that would love volunteers to, you know, clean up their forests, stewardship programs like that. Unfortunately, I didn't do enough digging into this, but those organizations do exist. And I think to wrap up, like, don't be a doomer, which is what people say, which is like, oh, everything is going to end. I'm just going to give up. Like, no, because as I've said in the one of the episodes over summer, one of my solo episodes, being a doomer gives the same outcome as being a part of the problem because you just gave up. Yeah, don't catastrophize. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Everything is Public Health. If you like the show, please share it with your friends, family, and acquaintances. This is the best thing that you can do to help us tell everyone how awesome and critical public health is. New episodes are released every Thursday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Please leave us a rating and a review. It helps the show immensely. If you have any feedback, suggestions, or think we missed an important perspective, please reach out to us at everythingispublichealth at gmail.com. You can find me on threads at CassPhD. Still on Twitter at Dr. Crafasi, but who knows for how much longer. Please follow us on Instagram, threads, and Mastodon, all at everythingispublichealth. While we still have our Twitter account in light of recent problematic changes, we will no longer be using that site except for new episode posts. For now, it's very possible that we stop using Twitter altogether. If you want to support the show directly, we have a Patreon page, which also acts like our website. Follow us there for all major updates and bonus material. And remember, everything is public health. Everything is public health.